You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Current day phenomenon to explain truth. And we have said we would like to look at a couple of things using um, the example of what happens when you go through a checkpoint um, in, in, in the city of Lagos, okay? Um, I'd like us to read two pieces of scripture tonight. Um, Romans chapter 12 and verse 13. And then we'll read out of Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. Uh, Romans 12, 3, I read your hearing says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That he ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Um, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 13 to 15. On Sunday, we spoke about how Nehemiah impressed by a sense of urgency about what God wanted to do, approaches the king for, um, essentially for permits. Will the band be kind enough to come sit here? All, all of you, a special guest, thank you. Um, um, approaches the king for letters. He says, letters be given to me that I may give to the kings of the regions beyond the river on the way to Judah that they may permit me, they must permit me to go. And we talked about the power of authority. We spoke about how when you would go through a checkpoint in life, that typically the questions are around your authority. And we then read, I think, out of Colossians chapter 3, where Apostle Paul talks about doing all, whether in deed or word, in the name of Jesus. As we continue Nehemiah's story, um, he said, give me letters to the kings. He says also, give me letters to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may, he must give me timber to build a couple of things. As we continue, we join him in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. And he says, and I went by night through the valley gates to the serpent well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. <clears throat> then I returned back and entered by the valley gate. Um, and so returned. And, and one of the verses next to it says, look, I did this. He did this all by himself, not letting anyone else know what was happening. Essentially, as Nehemiah goes on in this, you know, task of rebuilding, he goes to do some examination, okay? Up uh, tonight, our discussion is fairly simple. 
it's, it's this whole concept that one of the things you would do in life as you approach a checkpoint is that you would have mentally done some assessment of what's happening in your own life, right? Um, I think I've mentioned before how a very close friend of mine, um, he's traveling with his wife um, and in a bit of a rush, and then they get on Third Mainland Bridge, and I think, I don't know how it comes up, and I think he says, oh, you know, you have my passport, right? I was like, no. <laughs> and this is a real story. I was like, no, she, I think she only had her own passport. Let's not judge who was wrong or who, right? Who's wrong? But, um, but they didn't have to go home, right? Um, I've had people before get to the, the, get to the airport and only then realize that their passports had expired. You had bought your tickets, told everyone, I'm going to London tonight. And told the people in London, I'm leaving Lagos tonight. You have your ticket, you packed your bags, emptied your fridge. Did all the things you do when you're about to travel. But there is, so, so when you're approaching a checkpoint, you're driving, right? Mentally, you know the things that, are going to, that they're going to ask you for right? And you do what we will call some self-examination. It's interesting how that preaching this series, I get a call about 3 p.m. today from uh, some guys, I think the, chap, the company in charge of, um, of, of particulars for our cars. And they say, is this Mr. Bilusag? I said, yes. And they say, we just want to inform you that the particulars for your car XYZ have expired. It's like, ah, ah, God is so... <laughs> I was like, really? I said, yes. And so they said, well, we can renew them for you at XY price and send them to your house. I was like, you're in the spirit. Ah, you know? And I'm in the spirit too, you know? Um, but self-examination is something that is critical. It's something that scripture talks about quite a bit. And it's something that is critical. So the Bible says Nehemiah went and did, before he speaks to the elders... And so you would find in Nehemiah 3, the work of repairing beginning. But before he does that, he does some inspection. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, is self-examination, okay? It's almost the picture I had in my heart, almost as if there is some internal checkpoint that we must constantly get to before we contend with the checkpoints on the outside. And, and as I say that, I must be careful because, you know, not everyone likes exams. I, I, I'm not a fan of exams. Ex, I don't like exams. You know, some people look, you look like you like exams. You look studious. You're like, yeah, you know. This, you know, the people who when they go into the hall, they're licking their lips like, yeah, bring it up. And some people are repeating Psalm 91. <laughs> calling their grandmother, pray for me, mom, you know. But self-examination is not the same thing as self-examination. It's not about what is bad. It's about what does God need to work with. What needs to be repaired. So if you do self-examination properly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, using the word of God, it will birth forth the will of God. If you do self-examination properly, it should prevent 
future embarrassment. So God will use the weak, the weak parts of our lives. The Bible says he uses the weak to confound the strong, but he does not leave them weak. So the Bible says he would use the weak. He gives strength to those who are weak. Okay? So it's almost like sometimes we need to have an internal checklist. And I'll, 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 I'll put some flesh to this thought shortly. When we read First Kings chapter 18 and 30, that whole discussion about Elijah calling down fire... At that point, at some point, the Bible would say that he called the people together and then he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was broken down. In our lives, there's constantly things that need to be put in place. All right. I know there are one or two spiritually perfect people here. That's fine. But I want to talk to the people tonight who have to attempt things for God while things are still needing to be repaired. I want to talk to people tonight who have to deal with weaknesses, who have to deal with work in progress. In Revelations 3, verses 1 to 2, uh, God is giving feedback to the churches and to the church at Sardis. He says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, he says, but you are dead. Verse 2 says, be careful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Self-examination. Where you would, with God, check how things are before you even approach the checkpoint. If you can, please do not miss the discussion on Sunday. Uh, because um, this is a private inspection that Nehemiah goes upon. But in the coming verses, and I think even the ones preceding, contention starts to arise. It starts out as just plain discouragement. And then it moves to the place where it's almost just demonic confrontation. So on Sunday, we'll talk about how to deal with discouragement. And, and I am really looking forward to that service. Galatians 6 is one I must read out. Galatians 6 and verse 4. Galatians 6 and verse 4. I wish I had like one of those people to read my scriptures for me. You know, because when they, and, and I, oh, it was just focus. And because you know what used to happen? We used to watch something when we were younger. And then the guy, I don't know why he would insist on someone that's reading it, because the guy will then be reading the scripture. And then in the middle of reading the scripture, he will then repeat what the guy is saying. You know, but guys reading, but each one must carefully scrutinize, but each one must carefully scrutinize. Come up, you know, you know, I should do that on Sunday, yeah, to, to, look, to look nice. But Galatians 6, 4, I'll read it and amplify it to your hearing. But each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behavior. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. This is the Amplified Translation. And um, if you're planning to be a pastor, you need to learn how to use different translations. Sometimes some translations render the truth or just the, the revelation of the meaning a lot differently and better. 
And I think it also impresses the people who are listening when you think of how complex your message is. You use Amplified, Amplified Classic, Message, you know, KJV, NKJV, Hebrew. But here he says, look, he says, essentially Paul is saying, look, guys, <laughs> um, Damilari got upset on Sunday when I quoted from Ice, Ice Cube, right? The whole check yourself before you wreck yourself. But that's like Brad, Pastor Dickbo's time, that whole, that, that rap was your time, sir? Okay, do you know the whole rap? Yes, yeah, forgotten. Now denying it, but it's okay. But he's saying, "Look, would you scrutinize your own work? Examine your own actions, your own attitudes and behavior." One of the most beautiful things about our generation, and I use that broadly, is our ability to give opinion about other people's business with certainty, confidence, and sometimes great error. Because, you know, it is, one, you can go anybody's page and comment on anything. The one that's your business, not your, and you do it with confidence. I mean, I, I witnessed, you know, so just, and I don't even go into the matter, but I witnessed a, an interesting discussion yesterday. And I was just like, my God. <laughs> and then, you know. Anyway. <laughs> I tell the person next to you, you smell nice. You smell, <laughs> you smell, you smell nice. Now the feminists are getting up. Why can you say that? <laughs> you smell nice. Jesus thinks you smell nice. <laughs> I'm just waiting to go for my next interview. That's how I'm going to start. Let, them, let everybody be upset. <laughs> but while we are infatuated with other people's lives, Paul says here that I must carefully scrutinize my own work, examining my own action, attitudes, and behavior. And then I can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing myself with another one. You know, when he talks about the communion in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, let every man examine himself. Because some things have to be checked before you get to the checkpoint. Some things have to be checked before they are fully grown. Some things have to be checked before they are public. And, and you know, I, I strongly believe that one of the things God is causing to happen as we discuss this whole series is a release of momentum, a release of speed. For someone, he's literally just you know, dragging you out of where you've been static, sitting down in an area of your life for months and if the truth be told for years. For someone, God is saying it's time for us to fix this thing. In Isaiah 58 and 12, <clears throat> I think in the Amplified Message, it says you will be 
like a well-watered garden, a goggling spring that never runs dry. You will use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins. Rebuild and renovate. Make the community livable again. The more traditional translations will say that you would be called the repairer of the bridge. So the way you would do it, if it was a VIO, uh, the vehicle inspection people, I think, checkpoint you were approaching, before you left your house, you would have said, do, is, are my headlights working? Do I have, I don't know, you should have two side mirrors, right? Two side mirrors, at least two. If you're driving a fancy car, like, like you're doing four. Right? But at least two. Are my papers complete? Are they correct? Again, to that person who is driving without a license, the days of mercy are here. I'm talking to all of us. Please renew your license. Hmm? <laughs> because there is self-examination that needs to happen. And it seems like a, a simple concept, but it is so powerful. Galatians 6, it says, look, everybody should examine their own work. Examine your actions, your attitudes. Isn't it amazing that what we feel a lot of our time with is essentially interrogating the actions of other people. So with social media, and social media is a great thing, what comes with it is what someone else said, what someone else did what they wore, what they want to wear, who they like. But my point is, when do we check a security check on the inside? Um, let me run through a couple of small things. It's in Second Corinthians 13 and verse 5. But Paul says to the church, if he says to them, test yourself whether you still be in the faith. One translation I read the Amplified says, test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you're still in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. He said, um, examine yourselves, not me, or do you not recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you fail the test and are rejected as counterfeit. He's saying, look, guys, we need to run a test on the inside. Am I still in the faith? Am I, am I walking in love? Not am I in love. Am I walking in love? I mean, when, when, when your friends fall in love, when Damilari falls in love, I'm sure we'll all know. Smiling aimlessly, whispering songs, plucking off flowers on the road, dashing people your personal possessions, 
giving large offerings. But are you walk? Am I walking in love? Not the person beside you. Am I carrying offense? Someone say, but Pierre, how do you know when you're carrying stuff? Sometimes you know. Sometimes when someone walks into the room and he's sweating, you're like, ah, chief. You've been carrying load or you've been running. Have you asked yourself? Because sometimes the way you shouted at that bus conductor, it's not the bus conductor. Because all he said is, I don't have change. And then you said, this is the problem with this country. Uneducated. <laughs> Sorry, I was just about to go on a rant there. But you just went off on him 30 minutes. If you came down, you were still talking. Lamentations 340 says, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Can I still hear his voice? Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice. The voice of a stranger they will not hear. Because self-examination says, look, I need to examine my walk with God. Before I get to the checkpoints of life, I need to do my check myself. I like 2 Corinthians 13. It says, test and evaluate yourself to see whether you are in the faith. I know you have a view about your neighbor. Because from the music he's playing, even the music is defiling your own soul. So you are sure he's not born again. I know you have a view about the other neighbor. The one who is smoking weed and you are getting high in your room. You, have, you know that that one, hmm, it's not likely that he will make rapture. But, but have, you, have you tested yourself? <laughs> and, and I like how, you know, that's the first scripture we read in Galatians. I like how Apostle Paul says, look, this test that you need to do in Galatians 6, 4, it says, if you do it properly, you will not compare yourself with other people. It will not be on the basis of what other people are doing or not doing. He says, each one should carefully scrutinize his own work, examine his actions, attitudes, and behavior. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another so you would not use your neighbor's homework as a basis for marking your scripts you say oh, this boy that's sitting next to me his tongues are weak hmm? and my own tongues sound more like Portuguese it's deeper so I know that if God is fair that by the time he's accepting people in heaven I will go in before Dara because I come for rehearsals early. And I will go before her. You know how that when jam, if you just, if jam is the, so I have to like, jam is the body that administers examinations for people who want to go into universities in Nigeria. Um, and at the time when they found out that people, want to dissuade people from copying their results when they sat in exam halls, they realized that they could give people different, 
different exam script, different exam questions. The same questions, but just... So, if you had agreed with Damilari... Damilari, I don't know why you're in my message this last two weeks, but we will have to sit down and talk. If you had agreed with Damilari, Damilari, you are my person. You are my helper of destiny. Please, our parents know each other from a bad one. Please do not let your... Don't leave a brother. You know, God says God loves a cheerful giver. And she says, okay, don't worry. I'll, and then you're calling, Damilari, question one. <laughs> That Mary's question one is your question 17. So when she says B, <laughs> and then you now shade B, <laughs> when they're marking your script. But life is like that. Life is like that. We do not live for the approval of men. We do not live comparing ourselves with men. In 2 Corinthians 10 to Paul says, look, we, do not com- when we don't compare ourselves with these guys. He says, in fact, those who compare themselves one with another, he says they are not wise. In, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells an interesting story about two men. Uh, one, I think, is a tax collector. The other, I think, was a Pharisee. It, it, and it says the two men went up to the So if you read 18, 12 to 14... The two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or, and then he threw shade at somebody who was praying, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and he just reads this. And then the Bible says, and, and 13, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them, do your own examination. Do your own examination. If I please tell the other person, don't compare yourself with me. Don't compare yourself with me. I love how Jesus says, Thank you. I love how Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, when you read 3 to 5, he says, how would you, he says, why do you look at the insignificant speck that is in your brother's eyes, but do not notice and acknowledge, and I'm reading the Amplified. Okay, well, we can do this one. But it says, but why do you stare from without at the very small particle that is in your brother's eyes? But do not become aware of and consider the beam of timber that is in your own eyes. (laughs) Self-examination is about saying, look, God, this is me. This is who you have called me to be. Where am I? How am I doing? What do I need to put in place? Hmm. Um, I, I think one or two things that you need to note as you, as you carry on self-examination. One is that the standards should be God's word. Scripture should be the standard. The Bible says all scripture is given by divine inspiration. It's God-breathed. It says it's profitable for a couple of things. So when you read 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, and one of the things he would say, this is for doctrine 
And then he will say, for correction. For training in righteousness. He says, for doctrine, for for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so, scripture must be one of the checkpoints that we constantly bring our lives before. When you read James 1, 23, 25, he says, look, there's a man that looks into the world like a mirror. He looks into the word of God like a mirror. The Bible says he observes himself. And then if you read verse 24, it says, for he observes himself and then goes away. And, and what for me is important there is that when we look at scripture, it gives us an opportunity to examine ourselves in the proper light. This for me is why I think in the last year, I have come to approach the Bible with a lot more, um, I, I think with a, not just reverence, but almost understanding that this is my life. That it's not just some additional thing to be read casually. But that if I wanted to understand how I was doing, what I should be doing, that the first place I needed to go to was scripture. Hebrews 5 says, look, by this time you should be teachers. It says you are still babes. It says because those who our babes still need milk again. It says, but those who are mature can have strong meat. It says, you know, there are those who have, by reason of use, they have sharpened their senses to be able to discern between good and evil. That they have done sufficient self-examination. They have sharpened their consciences beyond the realm of just what they have experienced or what they heard or what they saw. To a place where their judgment is spiritual. And and I say that carefully. That their judgment is not just with the things that they see or they hear. But that when they are making decisions, they are referencing out of the standard of God's heart. (laughs) As you do self-examination... One of the things that you must let happen is for God to prune you. John 5, 2, he says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he must, that it it may bear more fruit. And so I said in my notes that one of the things that happens as we self-examine ourselves, as we put ourselves through our own internal checkpoints before God and by the help of scripture is that there must be things which ever so often between you and God you are having to say I'm going to let this thing go it says laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets for someone had put in my notes that you As you let God prune you, you must stay in the place where God's mercy 
is. And I don't know who it was or who it is. But that you must stay in the place where God's mercy can find you. That you must constantly, as you self-examine, go beyond just your actions, but also examine your motives. Because God actually will deal with the motives of our hearts first before he deals with our actions. And so you would ask yourself, when was the last time I bore a new fruit? When was the last time I saw something in my life that I had never seen before? When was the last time I reacted differently to something which is a recurring situation? So one Monday morning, you get out on traffic, and the bus drivers and the kekers and whoever else they've sent that day try to take off the headlight of your car. But instead of shouting out profanity and threatening to break their heads, you smile, communicate scripture, invite them to church, and even share some of the chin-chin that you're eating that morning. When was the last time you outgrew something? So Paul would say, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I behaved like a child. And then there was a time when I set aside childish things. Because what happens as we examine ourselves is that we are able to track our walk with God. I was saying to myself earlier in the day that it's interesting. That while God's work in our lives is mysterious, but that ever so often you must be able to say, ah, this is what God is doing in my life. Because the Bible says we are co-laborers with him. And one of the first vineyards he's working with you on is yourself. And so ever so often you should be able to say, ah, this is what God is working with me on. Because if you are oblivious of everything God is doing in your life, um, there's room for improvement. There's room for improvement. It's important that you would review the things, the fruits that you are saying. I, I mean, I was saying to myself, and I put a note in my, that sometimes fruits take time to manifest. The Bible says Jesus got to a place, looked at a fig tree, desiring to eat fruit from it. But the Bible says it had leaves. So, so you know, I know that fruits take time. And I said to myself how that sometimes the first fruits that you would see indicative of a harvest that you're expecting are the words that you are speaking. And sometimes when you hear the things you say in private and in public, it gives you an indication of the work of God in your life. When was the last time you said something that surprised people around you? And I don't mean that in a show-off way. I mean that like, you know, David will say, look, how... What are they going to give the man that's going to bring down Goliath's head? And his brother's like, what kind of, how can you say such a thing? You know, but because he was <laughs> consulting with God, as it were, or that Joseph will come to his brothers and say, this is what, I have seen something, and a speech that will provoke just confusion and people upset on the earth. That's one public conversation. One of your private moments. The things you say 
to yourself. Because sometimes as we examine the work of God, as we put a checkpoint on the inside, those are the first things you should ask. Are you still telling yourself that you are mad and foolish and you have coconut head and you're not going to do well? Are you still beating yourself for something that happened 10 years ago? Are you still saying, can't you see? I told you. You will not, that thing you did, you slept with that man. Ah! That, that thing is going to haunt you. That's why all these boys are coming and leaving. Are you still speaking down on yourself? In fact, when James talks about maturity, one of the first things he says, he says, there's the way you use your tongue, the things you say that clearly show whether you're growing or not. John the Baptist will say to those who he was baptizing, he would say, look, you know, now after you've been baptized, go and bear fruits that are in keeping with repentance. Paul will say, the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, he would say, talk about a harvest of righteousness. <laughs> James will say, look, if you show me your faith, I will show you works. Not the doing of the flesh. No, I will show you the product of my faith. So words are early fruit. For someone, you know, and this is, this is the simple message today. It's that God wants your participation in taking inventory of what is really happening within you. I was saying, I was preparing earlier, and for someone, it was almost like God saying, look, it's as if you are denying an issue that needs to be repaired. It was as if you, there's denial about an issue that needs to be repaired. The Bible says Nehemiah went and did an inspection. Nobody else with him. And I think preparing ourselves for someone is just anger on the inside. I know when you put up your makeup, your fine wig, and your nice perfume, we don't really see the anger until the usher says, please, ma, sit here. Then we hear small smoke comes out. And you say, you say really? <laughs> and the usher may be led by the spirit and recognizes that. They say, okay, please, wherever you want to sit. Somebody's anger, deep-seated, and God says, look, I am I am the fire that does not, I can't quench. Let me, let's deal with this. For someone, it's our love walk. And, and literally, God is saying to you that there is a depth of love that you, you should be swimming in at the moment. Now, I don't know where the band is going. Okay. You guys have all the message already? Your notes? You have the rest of the message I'm going to preach? You have all the message? I read First John 3, 19. I'm so sorry to harass you guys. I know they they're trying to harass me. Just give me five minutes. In 1 John 3, 19, this is my, I think, last scripture, yeah? He says, my dear children, I think I'm reading the Amplifier, yeah? Or message, actually, I am. 
let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. He says, this is the only way we'll know we are living truly, living in God's reality. He says, it's also the way to shut down deep. Oh, that's a long word. Demilary, do you know how to pronounce that word? Debilitating. I have to pronounce it in an accent, huh? Debilitating. It's like bad self-criticism. That's what that, that's a long word there. Okay? Even when there is something to it. And, and <laughs> preparing for someone, I just, it's like God was saying, look, in prayer my heart, look, guys, that there's a harvest of love, a level of love that you should be working in, but it's almost like a witness even to you of the presence of the Spirit of God in your life. That you should be bringing forth all sorts of fruits of love. That when the thoughts come to condemn you, you should say, <laughs> the Bible says wisdom is justified by her children. That there should be so much of the produce of love around you that even if you wanted to believe a lie in that moment, that there's such a witness of the outcome of God walking in your life. When you read through Nehemiah chapter 3, there's all sorts of repairing that goes on. I'm trusting God that in this season that, that you know, we're not taking anything for granted. We're not, we're not going to live casual Christian lives. We're not, you know, when you read that scripture, it says, uh, it says, upon you I will build my church. It says, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And so someone, God is saying, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. And one of the things that needs to happen is this internal examination. This you measuring yourself beside the word. This you putting yourself in the hand of the Holy Spirit. Who, Jesus says he will come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness. He bringing you to a place where you are not even so worried about your reputation anymore. But you are deeply concerned about your true health. About your true health. About the health of your soul. About the health of your spirit. And for some of you, even about the health of your body. Yep, so that's the summary of the message. Check yourself. So that God can use you. Let me tell the person next to you. Tell them, God really does love you. God really does love you. Tell her, God really, really, really does love Thank you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.